You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome, Sid Talk. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you. Welcome, audience and listeners. How are you all? Are you doing well? You're going to wait and see if they all reply to that before we go on? I'm not hearing anybody <laughs> reply. It's weird. Hello? They're Is fine. This on? They're fine. They're all fine. Is it on? Hello? <laughs> all right. So what was the before the after the show discussion before we go into it? Mm, your audio. But let's not audio. bring that. Let's not dig that up again. <laughs> audio, 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 and my new monitor that I'm staring at right now. Explain uh, the other about day, the- my 15-year-old monitor... Because I always, I have only ever really done hand-me-downs from you. So my monitors are a TV. It was a 24-inch, more squarish, different aspect ratio, and this long, this big one that I have also. I don't know what that one is. Let's explain. You have three. Okay. I have three, and they're all different. Is what I'm trying to say. They do yes. not match. I, I don't care about that. So they're all different sizes and different shapes and different stands and different, different resolutions. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I don't care. I'm not. I don't. I'm not fussy about that. But one of them did crap out on me. And what that meant was I was like, oh, I'm used to having three. Like, I get it. That's pretty spoiled. And then I went ahead and uh, purchased a new one, and it's fantastic. It was cheap. That, it's, um, sitting in, it's sitting in front of me on a shoebox because the companies took a bunch of tight asses, and they don't give you a stand that goes up and down. And I, if you really want the before the after the show discussion, is me complaining about people who stare down at their monitor all day. It's so silly. I like to have mine up. It makes me sit up straight. I'm staring at the middle of the screen, mostly, and then my eyeballs can just move all around. And So that was my little... The good part of the story for me is the original Dell monitor that went out this week. It was the first flat screen monitor I ever bought for PC. Yeah, it was old. I used it for years. <laughs> I used it. I bet I used it for five years. Then you used it for... 10 years. Yeah. So it was pretty good. It had a good lifetime. Every day it was on for that period, all that time, right? I mean, I'm not on my computer every day, but when I am, it's long. Yeah. Well, often, Commitment. even if you're not on your computer, it's awake and maybe the screensaver's on or something, you know? So it's been on a long time. Well done, Dell, with your old monitors. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This is after the show. This is Saturday, March the 27th, after the show number 677. We look at a movie every week because we are a movie review podcast. Sid Dot, did you know that? Uh, I did. I mean, other than us talking about audio and video and gardening and video games and food, we do cram a little bit of movie talk in there in the middle. We do. The movie we're looking at this week is News of the World. It's a 2020 movie. It's from our friends at Universal who sent us a copy of the 4K for review. It's up for four Oscar nominations this coming season. Rated PG-13, and again, Universal sent us a copy. It's actually out now, by the way, if you want to pick it up. It's on streaming, Blu-ray, 4K, and possibly DVD, but I'm not sure. I'm unresearched. (laughs) So, Sidtar, will you give us the synopsis of the movie News of the World? It is an unlikely pair on a journey facing very formidable odds. Everything that could knock them down and kick them around does, and it's a journey, like I said, for them to figure out some stuff and to plow through the terribleness of the world. It's also a period piece set right after uh, Civil War in America, 
had ended. All right, I'll give you the one off the box. How about that? <laughs> Yours was pretty good, though. I liked it. I mean, it is. It's a formula. It's a formula, but as you will find out later, I I love the movie. So so here's I'm the okay one off that. the box. Five years after the Civil War, Captain Jefferson Kyle Kidd moves from town to town as a non-fiction storyteller, sharing the news from the far reaches of the globe. In the plains of Texas, he crosses paths with a 10-year-old girl taken in by the Kloa and raised as one of their own. Kidd agrees to deliver the child where the law says she belongs. As they travel hundreds of miles into the forgiving wilderness, unforgiving wilderness, sorry, the two face tremendous challenges of both human and natural forces as they search for a place that they can both call home. Uh, mostly human. Let's be very honest. Humans are the terrible, horrible force in this movie. Yes, there was a bit of a natural uh, area too. I'd rather deal with that than the a-holes. Yeah. All right, so News of the World starring Tom Hanks. What did you think? I loved it. I was really interested in... I'm, I always like things from the 19th century. Now that's like, eight. this was 1870, so we're just a few years after Civil War ended. And I always think of that. People might think, oh, that's so long ago. But actually, it's not that long ago. That's the 19th century. We're in the 21st century. That's just a bit over 150, 60 years, right? That we've gone from, and I'm not saying this movie is like a documentary or anything, but the idea that we've gone from tiny towns, uh, homesteaders, kind of lawlessness of this entire piece of land that we are living on to what it is now. And that's a very short period of time when you think about it. And so I'm always fascinated by just thinking about how hard life would have been for everyone involved, everyone, native people, because she was kidnapped by native people. Her family was murdered, right? This little girl. And then she was essentially kidnapped by the army and her native family was murdered. And so now they're saying, here, somebody needs to take her back to wherever she came from originally. And I just think, wow, it was so uncivilized, all of it, everything, every angle of it. And that's not that long ago. So I find that really fascinating. And then just the struggle from getting 400 miles yours today. I can hop in my car right now and drive 400 miles. No big deal. Might need a cup of coffee. That's about the only struggle I'm going to face, right? Nobody's going to try and kill you along the way, hopefully. <laughs> well, hopefully. I mean, that's still a thing. I'm not saying life is great and easy everywhere, but it just makes me think. And then these characters in a very specific situation, I just, I was really intrigued by the whole of it. Everything I know about this era is from the video games Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 2. I didn't do American in English schools. You don't do American history. So it's all from movies that I know. Um, to be anyway. fair, I'm from America, middle America, and we don't get a whole lot of accurate history either. You get what you get in every country, mm -hmm. which is, as they say, you know, the people who write the history are the ones who win, <laughs> the ones that want you to remember. And so you don't necessarily get a good picture of that either. So yeah, a lot of mine is from movies, documentaries, Westerns. looking up things. <laughs> well. I don't take them too much to heart, but... No. You know. Yeah, this was around the same time as uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, which is a game I played a lot of. It's around that time. The end of the Civil War and before the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, right? Is that... I'm saying it's just in the period after the Civil War and between when the, the Industrial Revolution started. Industrial happen. Revolution, yes. Yeah. It's like part of it that uh, I wasn't aware of until today in this was how kind of like a, you even said it during the movie, like 
how controlled everybody was yep. at that era. Then. It was like a police state because the war was over at that point. However, as we know today, just like forever, humans are what we are in every society around the whole planet. The people who felt their side lost or won or whatever, or didn't lose, but everyone else is saying that they lost. We're talking about the people in the South. In this movie, as depicted in Texas, anyway. It's like a lawless, very difficult time, and they are not buying into the idea that the federal government has anything to say to them at all. So you've got policing by the army that, you know, if you get stopped on a trail by the, a group of army people, they'll ask you for your papers and where are you going and what are you doing and why are you out here and trying to suss you out. And do you have a weapon? Yeah, or you might be stopped by some renegade rogue people who are trying to protect their area and saying, nope, the war ain't over. We, we didn't lose nothing and you're not coming in here and you're not going to let anything that that federal government says, no, 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 it's not going on here. So it's very, like, oppressive, it felt, it seems like. Now, I'm unclear here on the movie. They say to him about, do you have a weapon? And he mentions that he just has, uh, like, buckshot to kill birds. Yeah, Was it illegal to have a weapon? I don't know. Maybe an army person. Like, he was a veteran of the Civil War, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the rules were, but yeah. Because they, they ask him, does he have a sidearm, and does he have a... And he's saying, no, I just have... Because he just has, like, a hunting rifle with, like, what is it in it? Buckshot. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know that for sure. Maybe there was a thing about if you're an ex-soldier, and I never quite grasped what side he fought on. Did you? Because he never really said. No, he did not say, no. And so I never got that, and I guess... But You're I mean, supposed to understand that from picking up cues in the movie, but I didn't understand. So maybe if you fought for the South, and now you have the Federal Army asking you questions, maybe there were restrictions on people who fought for the South. You know, I don't. I have no idea. But it was implied, kind of, yeah. A lot of things were not. They were kind of implied. There was a lot, like the like slavery type thing. It was just... Like, oh, look, there's a guy over there. He look, it's pro- probably a slave, right? Well, it wasn't because it was after slavery. It's, right. But- yeah, Civil War. And that's what the, well, yeah. In the South, these people that are represented in this movie, and I don't know if it's real, but they said they would not follow right. any of the amendments to the Constitution. They were just going to carry on with what yes. they were doing. And also, they mentioned that they had also been fighting against. And, you know, you can have your own political views and truth about history and all that. So the one guy who's a real asshole is saying, we have Mexican people, we have black people, we have the Native Americans. And he doesn't use the nice words like I am, the normal civilized words for all these people, right? We've got them all working against us, you know, and they're... So basically what he's trying to do is make America completely, as he would say it, cleansed, right? So he's taken over this area. So that's the period we're coming off of is, you know, what I really liked commandeering about that. all that land from all different peoples. And then the guy's pissed off because he doesn't like it. What was really good about that was it actually nailed home. The movie's called News of the World. And Tom Hanks's character reads the news to people in you know, tra- a traveling newsreader. I basically. love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I do too. And when he got to this particular place and the guy who's kind of in charge of everything is like, hey, how about you don't read what that newspaper? You read our newspaper. What I want the people to hear. What did you not- say? Immediately when he held it up, you said... Propaganda. Propaganda, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's kind of... It shows you how powerful information is, like this movie. Like, especially in a time like that where information travels slowly. True. 
across the country and you can just step in and change the flow of information, which is what this guy was doing there. He was making all the people who worked in his town for him. Uh, I'm, I think that's questionable. He was not a fan of letting go of slavery. So yeah, like you said, they're that's probably, what I'm saying. Yeah. But he was trying to big himself up, basically, with his own news that made him look good and made people like want to be there. It's the news of the world part of it, even though it's called news of the world. You know, it is cool and it's good in there, but they don't use it a lot. It's, there's only a couple of scenes where he does the news of the world. True. But I really like those scenes because I was like, it's bringing the news to the people, even if it's today and you sat in your living room and you watch the news. It's a mixture of things. It might be some terrible things. It might be some really like informational things. And it also might be something funny, like a funny story. The news today even... They usually go out on a light-hearted story, don't they, at the end, just to kind of... Or it could be a complete lie, an utter misinterpretation of information fed right. to you intentionally to give you one idea or another. Not maybe, that's a definite, right? But how so. this can make people feel angry, it can make people mm-hmm. feel like happy or entertained or just sad. So the news is powerful. This movie, I wished it had concentrated more on the him reading the news parts. It doesn't, right? It's basically like he's a showman because he just stands in front of a room of people. An entertainer, he a, yeah. He has a bunch of newspapers where he's circled stories of, from all different cities around. And then he just reads it. He doesn't act it out or anything. He just reads the words with a little bit of flair, but not too much. So. And he's, um, the newsprint's very small. He's looking through his little... Yeah, you can barely book. see it. I yeah. can identify. The very dimly lit places because of the era... He tells some cool stories. The one at the end is particularly funny. It's like a funny story, but it shows you how the news can bring people together. Or I like all that area. But the movie doesn't really focus on that too much, apart from that's his job and that's the reason he's traveling around. It sounds like he kind of made it up. Because he's just doing it. He tells us his story eventually, how he got to be. Like he made his own job, yeah. Yeah, that it's not... I mean, maybe it was a thing. I've never heard of it. But it seemed like he was like, well, I can read the newspaper to people and charge them. <laughs> it's pretty Yeah, exactly. Easy. Like, because he said, it. what does he charge? 10 cents a piece for each person to listen. Looks like a little bit of goodwill, too. People just come up and put money in the can. Yeah. And- like we say in the movie, he encounters a young girl along the way. And then the movie's his, it's like a road movie where he's going from A to B. Correct. And like you said, it's not just a pleasant A to B. Okay. There's always an asshole along the way. Not just one. It's that same theory we talked about, or that same premise, like Space Between Us. Remember? With the mountain and the airplane crash. Wasn't it called The Space Between Us? With Kate and yeah, don't, Idris. Yeah, yeah. yeah with uh, Idris Elba yeah. and Kate. Two wins. people who don't belong together, originally, are now stuck in an environment and on a journey to get to another place and face the kind of odds, the kinds of events that two people on that journey would not face generally, right? It just happens that you're putting these two people up against so many challenges for the drama, which is fine, but that's what they're up against. It's just thing after thing after thing. One thing I have to say for this movie is really well shot. It's very sweeping and very... Sometimes. Sometimes it looks super fake or weird. I really hated the color grading on a lot of it. It looked really awful. And then the time before and after the sandstorm. There was definitely one... It was really bad, like, the way they had to, like, make it look like a sandstorm when there wasn't a sandstorm, and around each person there was this weird halo. It just looked like a Have filter. you ever been in a sandstorm? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it looked like, if I were trying to make somebody look like they were in a sandstorm in a photograph... 
I would mess it up because the filters I would use would make it look weird. What and that's you, how it looked. What did you not like about color grading? I just didn't like that weird orange-yellow putrid green a lot of times. Mm. It just seemed inappropriate and almost like because some part of the movie had that and they couldn't escape it, that they had to make other scenes look like that just to make it all match. Right. That's kind of how I... I thought some of it looked really good. Uh, Paul. Some Green, of it did look gorgeous. Paul Greengrass, um, he made the Bond movies, and not that this movie's got the shaky cam Bond movie thing, but there is some parts where I was like, oh, the camera's moving a bit more than I think it should for this scene appropriately. I didn't even notice that. You didn't? Mm-mm. There's a bit of like, it's mostly due to, on dialogue scenes. It, it was just, you could clearly see that it wasn't a static on a rail camera. It was on somebody. So there's just movement of the body, you know. And I noticed it a few times. I was mm. like, oh, you know, this kind of movie doesn't need that. Unless you're really going for like gritty. I didn't notice that. And so to me, that meant it just folded in appropriately. So that sounds like And there like was a one instance where they were going fast on the wagon. And the cam- it wasn't even like necessarily like a shot that you would think was an effect shot. The camera looked and I was like, wow, that looks like they're looking behind them. And it looks like a green screen it behind It did. Yeah. That's one of those times. Yes, unfortunately. But most of the time that was not the thing. But there was one where I was like, oh, what the hell? That's soundstage. That one. It felt like somebody's trying really hard to bust a budget here. Yeah. <laughs> or like not bust the budget. Like really, really go down, down, down. And, you know, as a whole, it's fine. It's beautiful. It's got nice composition of shots. You know, things are arranged nice. It's got those sweeping landscapes, like you said. It's just those attempts at making... It's one of those things where you don't even realize special effects are in a movie, right? They're just on the on a wagon and it's probably got a fake sky and a fake background. Yeah, and in fact, in the extras, we saw them jumping from the fake wagon with the blue screen <laughs> behind them and everything. I'm like, ah, that makes sense now. But then when you watch it, you don't think those things, do you? Apart from that time where yeah. it stuck out a little bit. Exactly. I wouldn't knock it for that, to be honest. It's also not like a showy movie. It's more of a, some people might say, oh, well, not a lot happens in this, but there is a shootout in this movie that takes place on like a bit of a mountain type place. I found it was edge of the seat kind of shootout. You know what I'm saying? Um, I was because yeah. he's at, he's on the mountain and he's run out of ammo, and there's some assholes coming up. Ugh, just yes. three of them, but I mean he's overwhelmed because they've got bullets, and the whole thing made you know it was like oh god, like what's happening here? Like what's going to happen? How'd you get out of this? <laughs> I had that whole scenario. Kill everybody. Out. I mean, come on. That's really but, um, all you it can had do. me on the edge of my seat, that whole scene. I thought it was a really cool sequence. Well filmed. Like the sound on that sequence is amazing. You can hear all the bullets ricocheting off the rocks, you know? And this movie's up for the Oscar for sound. And I can see why for that kind of thing. There's also a sequence towards the end, like you said, with the sandstorm. Also has amazing sound. I don't know about the visuals, but the sound the visual was... got a bit murky, so I had to kind of blur my eye. I thought if I blur my eyes a little bit and squint, it'll felt, be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> I felt like it was in a sandstorm with the audio, though. It was, it was really cool. It was like, all of a sudden, it's coming, rumbling. He thought it was horses, didn't he, coming across? Yeah. But it was not horses. He's like, oh, horses are over the hill. And we need a horse. Let's go and but get it one. said it was the mummy. <laughs> yeah. That's what I always think of now. What so, other movie did we just watch recently that had a big sandstorm? Oh, the one with the... Bugs, was not it? the bugs. Monster Hunter. Yes. Yeah. There was a big sandstorm. That in that did have one, a big too. sandstorm. Yes. Sandstorms. There are a lot of sandstorms in <laughs> movies. The Mummy. I said the Mummy. Yeah. 
That one, The Way Back. Remember that one? Yes. Yep. That one was harrowing and harsh. It was a good, that was a good movie. That was quality. <laughs> All right. News of the world. Anything else you want to mention about the, before we go into the acting, which is mainly what it's about? Don't think so. All right. Let's go into the act actors, which I've put down three of them because it's mostly a Tom Hanks, Helena, Zengel thing. It's mostly them in every scene. Right? Definitely. So Tom Hanks as Captain Kidd. I said to you, I can watch Tom Hanks. He's really good. He's a quality actor to me. He portrays whatever he's portraying well. It's, he seems very comfortable, and I'm very comfortable watching him. I never feel like, oh, Tom Hanks again. <laughs> I always feel like, oh, it's Tom Hanks. I, I know this will be a good job. He'll do a good job of this movie. Whoever he portrays, he does a good job. This guy, I really felt it. Because I mean, it's quite sad, this movie, too, by the way. It's it this... is. There are, there are things about... Tom, that are like a lot of other aging, performing male people, and some females now I'm coming to the conclusion that it's a lot of what we've seen them do before. He's pensive. He's a little bit apprehensive. He's not, he's a little bit awkward, but he's a little wise and broken, right? You could apply that to a lot of his characters. Kind of stern, you know, the guy you turn to for a little bit of support. But he's not Mr. Hero guy either. So he's he's playing that in the middle. There are moments in this, though, that were kind of heartbreaking. But it wasn't so much him that made my heart break, just thinking about the situations, you know? Yeah, yeah. An awful situation all around for the, for this girl, for him even, yeah. for the whole thing. like For humanity. It's all up. terrible things. Yeah. I mean, let's mention a few things. One, a little girl. Kidnapped from her family who's murdered, and then kidnapped from the family then that she had for six years, whether or not they're right or wrong, they were still her family for six years, and then just passed along and nobody nobody really gave a shit where she ended up, right? And then she's going to end up with these people who had this very strict idea of how to live, right? Her German family, the sister of her mother. So they were very strict. They so just wanted to put it to work. Yeah, she was basically going to go from one shitty situation to another. And then him, he had gone off to war after having a business in San Antonio. Went off to war that he didn't ask for, but went off to fight as they do, as you know, people do. The business died. And then he kind of, sounds like he just started wandering, like he couldn't really get his shit together. And then while he's gone, his wife dies. And he never got to say goodbye or anything. And so... These are very sad, <laughs> very tragic human things. It just kind of bogs you down with the the whole of it. And then like the times, it just feels like you're can I was thinking, okay, where can they go in this movie universe that they've created where I feel like they're both safe and they can make a life? And I couldn't even think of a place except for that lady that he had his little tete-a-tete with. Right, and even that city was crazy. And, yeah, that reminded me of Deadwood. She made place. me feel like if you went there and lived with her, that she'd look after you. She would look after both of you, and she would be like, you know, the the strength in your family. That was it, though. I was thinking, well, maybe he could go live with the German family and be like work with them, and also teach her because they were like they're not going to let her read books or it anything. It didn't seem like any fun there to me. <laughs> right, and that's fine. That's the that's the choice of certain groups of people. Life is suffering and work and then you die. And that's fine. But this little person didn't have a choice in that. And so I felt I couldn't figure out where is he. They can't just go live on their own homestead because that's a major threat. Because either still at that time, homesteading was dangerous from all angles. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Every city seemed like menacing and scary and terrible and everyone's an opportunist. And so it felt very claustrophobic, even though we were seeing them span over hundreds of miles. And you're thinking about this wide open country, like, where do you go to be safe? And then the only thing I came to was like, well, with each other, that's all they've got, right? That's all they can do is just stick with each other and plow through it and keep going forward, as he said. Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed Tom Hanks in this. He really, I don't know, he's got something about him that I, I can always watch. There isn't anything I've seen him in where I'm like, oh. There's a little boringness occasionally, I think. Maybe. Uh, I don't know, not for me. Not for me. <laughs> I'm pretty into watching him do his stuff. Helena Zengel plays Joanna. What did you think? She's a German actress, 10 years old. Is she 10? Oh, she's very advanced. She looked like she was about 13. Well, me. I mean, the, I the mean, character is 10. 10 years old, yeah. Right. What do you think of her? She was awesome. She was actually the anchor, like, for the entire movie. Because, first of all, you're um, sympathetic toward her situation. Like, where the hell, where does this person end up going where she has, un- first of all, what can she ever do in life? With the memories that she has in her young mind, right, to ever move forward and have any grasp of, like, trust or anything like that. So, And she, she as their performance, did that for me. Because the way she would look at him and ignore him and just... She never pandered to, I'm the kid, you're the grown-up, ever. She was just a wildling person who has nothing to lose. Pulled it off perfectly. Because she grown up with a um, Native American tribe. She doesn't speak. And she was German before that, right? So Correct. So she's got German dialect and she's also got Native American dialect. Picks up a little bit of English from him. Yeah. They kind of teach each other back and forth, but mostly she's she's pretty silent most of the time, but you still get her, don't you? You understand her. She's helpful in times. She's a kid at times. Sometimes she's very grown up. I like it when she's eating, when you first meet her. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she's kind of eating kind of sloppily. And the, that lady, the one you said, she says, "Have you? what's up, everybody? Have you never seen a kid eat? <laughs> yeah, just like, like leave, her alone. To, yeah, leave her alone. Yeah, because they're all staring at her. Yeah. I thought she was excellent. There's no Oscar nominations for um, acting in this movie, unfortunately. She would have been a good candidate, mm. I think. I think she was very good. Lastly, I put down Elizabeth Marvel as Mrs. Gannett. And that's the lady you you like. Yes, she was really, well, she wasn't in there very long, but she was like another pillar of the movie to me. Like, okay, here's a safe haven. Here is a logical, reasonable person who's making their way. It looks like she owns some businesses in this town. I think it was Dallas, but I can't remember for sure. What's it? It was in Texas. She made me feel like this is a place you can end up and uh, she's always going to give you, you know, the wisdom. So I liked her. And then, oh, I'd also put down, if you're a fan of Bill Camp, who's a, I like him as an actor. He's not in it very much, to be honest, but he is in it. Which so. one was he? The guy from Deadwood? Yeah. The yeah. preacher guy? Yeah. Directed by Paul Greengrass. You'll know Paul Greengrass. He directed the Bourne movies. Green Zone. Do you remember that? With um, mm-hmm. Matt Damon. And, Any uh, movies without Matt Damon? <laughs> United 93 did not okay. feature Matt Damon. You're right. He's made some good films along the way. What did you think of him directing this one? I feel like it was a little bit of a mixture. There were times when it was beautiful and I loved where the camera was and I loved the performances, I think, kind of come with a good director or like a reasonable relationship with the director. So I feel like that comes through. Some of the shooting, some of the editing, 
There was one scene where they're going back and forth from him to her, and her hair is completely different. I did notice that. Oh my god! I was like, "Did anyone?" I get it. I mean, that's editing, not the not and it the wasn't, director. It's not like a little bit. It's like <laughs> her yeah, hair, it's a different. It's almost hairstyle. like she's a year older. She yeah. looks completely different. Like they had to do a pickup shot, and whoever did the hair and whoever was directing and didn't pick up on the cues that this doesn't look the same. That kind of stuff. You can ignore it, or you might not even notice it, but I feel like it was a hodgepodge. The heart of the movie, I think, comes from directing and performing, and then some of it looks gorgeous, but those special effects and a little bit of editing here and there was a bit crappy. All right, IMDb reviews. What are those? Hmm. Those are reviews on IMDb. Do you mean what are the one-star reviews? Yeah. Those are reviews on IMDb with one star. All right, so we didn't give this movie one star, but these are the people who didn't like this movie. We like to see what people who don't like the movie have to say every week. So here's uh, number one. It says, Bore of the World. See what they did there? Bore of the World, okay. Literally, you know how this will end. The script is basic. It's slow. But that's not the only problem. There's zero imagination. Not even the landscape is captivating. The film is entirely beige. It's a bore fest with two main protagonists who have no connection at all. The villains are simply ridiculous and predictable. I snoozed off several times, much to my delight. Well, I disagree. I don't disagree with the beigeness. That was a bit distracting um, at times, but that's about it. All right, is a uh, here's the deal: if you're getting bored during a movie. Give it about five or seven minutes. If you're still bored, negotiate with yourself this question. Do I want to use the time of my life to salvage the rest of this movie? Let's pretend horribly that at the end of this movie, your life is done. Do you want to, in the next 45 minutes? That's it. That's all you got. Do you want to use that 45 minutes of your life continuing to be bored and bitchy and snotty? And so that later you can go on IMDb and be like, I didn't like this movie. It was a waste of my time. Like, think about that. All right, second candidate Lecture, here lecture of the day. Says, this was slow from the off and I nearly gave up after 40 minutes. <laughs> 40 minutes. <laughs> but hoped it would pick up and get going. And then, one oh, hour God. and 30 minutes in, I started fast forwarding. It's really slow. No plot or story at all. One of the most boring movies I have ever seen in 50 years. Oh. Don't waste your time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Like I said, 40 minutes. I mean, if you feel good about yourself later to go write a review and then be like, oh, I feel much better about using the time of my precious life writing that review. And finally, this guy thinks he's funny. He says, don't waste your time. It's really boring. <laughs> Instead of two hours of him talking to a volleyball, it's two hours of him talking to a little girl who doesn't speak English. I mean, that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they're, they're the people who didn't like this movie. Uh, extras, there are a bunch on the 4K disc, which we reviewed. There are deleted scenes. There are featurettes, one called Partners, one called Western Action. And then there's a feature commentary with Paul Greengrass. Wow, feature commentary. Now there's a thing of the past. I like feature commentaries, by the way. I, I know. In conclusion, News of the World, we're going to give it a score... And my score is a 7 out of 10. Hmm, I'll give it an 8. All right. 
I feel like it's solid. It's the look of it can be a bit, eh, but I feel like overall it gave me a really good heartfelt think about I don't know life and life then and life now. Yeah, and despite it being might sound miserable, and it's actually got a a good heart to it. Let's say without spoiling it. Yeah, it's pretty miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Universal for letting us review this. You will be able to win a copy of News of the World. If you keep your eyes glued on my Twitter this week, keep your eyes peeled and you'll be able okay, to win. peeled or glued? Come on. Glued and peeled. <laughs> See, like I said, peeled or glued? Glued. Well, peel them first, then glue them. Oh my. Look at my Twitter this week. You might be, well, not might, you will definitely be able to win a News of the World Blu-ray. So keep your eye out. Okay, keep your eye out. Keep it peeled. Oh, yeah, and take it, it out. Glued. Peel it, then glue it. All right. <laughs> Dang, you're asking a lot. Sounds awful. Yeah. Let's just stream it, you know? Don't go to all that eye trouble. Thank you. And next week, we will be looking at the movie. What movie will we be looking at next week? I don't know. We'll be looking at Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, dear. The latest in the Godzilla trilogy. <sighs> I'll prepare. Well, there's more than three. I mean, I love. Monster movies. Big monster. Well, you're going to see one next week. But I don't love the Godzilla movies, so we'll see how that goes. Skull Island was my favorite. King Kong is one of my favorite characters of all time. He's an unsung, undeserving villain. He didn't deserve to be the villain of, any, of anything. Next week, you're going to have your Kong fill. Because Kong's coming. Right on. Godzilla's going to have a fight with him. I mean, we can't really spoil that movie because that's what's going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Movie recommendations, we always do that at this section of the show. I am going to recommend, based on this movie, I'm going to recommend The Postman with Kevin Costner. Also a movie about... see what you did there. Getting information around, you know, on horseback. Yeah. And Leon. Can you see what I did there too? Uh, Yes. Yes. Listen to you. So The Postman and Leon are my recommendations. And my recommendations are me going back to the 80s and I'm still in 1980 giving you the whole list of all the movies I've ever seen. This isn't a list or recommendation based on quality. It just is what it is. So the two movies this time are 9 to 5, you know, the classic working 9 to 5, what a way, blah, blah, blah. And then Seems Like Old Times with, I believe, Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn. I don't know it. Well, now you have to watch it because I'm recommending it. <laughs> I I want to say that I've been playing in the Ace Gully stuff. I have been playing Yakuza Like a Dragon. I have finished the story, finally. Finally. You saw the ending. Finally. You saw me finish the ending. Uh-huh. But that isn't really the ending. Because there's a bunch more stuff to do, which I'm doing. I'm like, I'm so committed to this game. You're now. very committed. It's kind of scary, but I've played seventy hours of this game. I'm going going to I'm not stopping here. There's a there's a final act where you go up this tower fighting these very, very difficult enemies. And you need to be level ninety and above to do it. I'm level seventy seven, I think, or maybe seventy eight. And to actually move up in level, you have to do the boring it's kinda of boring, you just gotta fight the same enemies over and over and over and over and over and over. Eventually Like I was saying about using the time of your life. You really enjoy it, so it's totally worth it. I the outcome of like getting really powerful and then going up against this brand new tower full of enemies I'm excited about. So I'm gonna do that. The other thing I did this week, it's not a video game, 
But uh, what did I repair this week? Well, I was in the garage. We might have told the part of the story last week. I was in the garage. You didn't. I heard a crash, zing, crack sound as if someone had just busted out the window behind me. I shrugged my shoulders and looked around and I heard you yell from up above because you're in this room. And it's What the hell is that? What the hell is that sound? I'm like, I don't know. And then I looked up and realized one of the springs in the garage door opener, garage door had broken and was flung to the forward to the door. And luckily it had one of those safety uh, wires. Well, now you know it had a safety thing yeah. because here's what happened. Then I'm like, oh crap, well, we're just going to have to call somebody to get to come and fix it. And then you start with the um, investigation, as you do, watching lots of YouTube videos. And then by the next day, you're like, I think I can fix this. I can do this. You just need to buy a spring. And I'm like, are you sure? I mean, it seems complicated and it seems like something a professional should do. But okay, you can save me 300 bucks or whatever. We're basing that, whatever we're basing that on. That's, so we Apparently that's how much it costs to have a garage you door You found fixed. the spring. We ordered it. I picked it up at Menards. And then uh, you proceeded to install it successfully with no injuries. Nope. Well, I cut, I kind of scraped my finger, but it's nothing. It's <laughs> listen, just the, how, listen how tough you are. I kind of scraped my finger. It's just the wall. But room. I'm fine. Now, actually, now I'm very comfortable doing that. It's, yeah. It's not actually it's very It's impressive. Hard. It seems terrifying. And when you go and watch YouTube videos, you say, hey, fix the garage door yourself. You'll save some money. But they all start with a disclaimer. This is very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So you might want to be a professional or you might want to be somebody who's very good at DIY before you do it. I'm like, sounds dangerous. Well, you're dealing with like, the spring is hefty, isn't it? It's a really hefty spring. Mm -hmm. And it's under tension. I guess the idea is, the danger is that you might not install it properly and then it comes flying off and smacks you in the face. Sure. There's lots of areas, uh, opportunities for failure here. But um, successfully, I, I was uh, actually, even myself, I was like, wow, I fixed it. You know, you should be proud. It's like one of those skills you... And then other people are like, oh, what's the big deal? I fix 50 garage doors. I fix shit all the time. But I've it's never like... even... I've never even thought about a garage <laughs> exactly. door. Never mind fix one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think it's reasonable to celebrate when you learn a new skill. Yeah. Because I could go and fix the other... If another one broke, I could fix it. I know exactly how it works. You know, I know the ins and outs of the mechanism. My advice, uh, if I was to give some advice to you, is watch a load of YouTube videos. They're free, and they learn you anything. If you need to fix something, I'm sure you can no, find... No, that isn't us advocating that you just go try to do anything. Like, don't do brain surgery on your dog. Well, because you watch. No! <laughs> don't do anything medical to anybody at any time. Not even yourself. Don't do anything that could literally chop off a finger or a limb or fall off a pole or a tall thing. Don't do that just because a scully says, ah, you're going to throw anything. Like, use your brain, right? And you your only senses. live once. <laughs> My God. Try it. Uh, what are you, one of the jackass crew? Yeah. Oh, right. I forgot you love jackass. All right. So before we go, what's for dinner? Uh, Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike. We're sponsored by Jersey Mike. We're not. I wish. Jeez Louise. I just decided I don't want to go out and get anything and they deliver for free. And so, yeah, that's what we're doing. All right. And what's your advice? What is my advice? I forget. Oh, yeah. I don't know how to say this except, you know, when you think about it. Just watching this movie makes me think and then just looking at life and everything we do. Everything, everything does. Every tree, every plant, every bug, every rat. Every whale being alive is destructive, 
right? Because as soon as you're alive, you're using up resources that exist in the world. So you're basically destroying whatever it is that you need to get that resource from to stay alive, to shelter yourself, to clothe yourself, to move through the world, all the things we do. And every, every creature does it. I'm not, this is not just a human thing. Being alive is destructive. You just have to learn to live with that. <laughs> That's it. Well said. <laughs> That's not very good advice. It's just to accept the reality of being alive. It's it's not good for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and also, the other thing is, just try anything off YouTube, whatever. No, no. Brain surgery. No, 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 no. That's just destructive. That's not anything good. All right. Bad advice from us this week. Bad advice, yes. All right, you can catch us on aschoolie.com, Twitter, Facebook. The podcast is on anchor.fm slash after the show or everywhere podcasts are available. iTunes, Spotify, the whole lot. You can email feedback to me, aschoolie at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She hates all your guts. I don't actually hate anybody. That's, uh, that's not correct. And stay classy, Mr. Tom Hanks, because you gave a great performance and I will watch you in anything you're in. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself. And if you don't do it, That's fine, because someone will be happy to do it for you.